hormones and genetics are really a small, small part of it. I now know after a long, long time that the nervous system is so closely related. It's unbelievable. Our gut function is even more closely related. You know, we have 12 systems in our body. And when one is out, it has a domino effect on the rest. And so you really can't look at skin as just what we see here, although that's obviously what we, as you said, we care about the most. Skin really is more than that. You know, I really believe in treating the skin from the inside out and looking at more than just that integumentary skin system. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well-being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials, here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week, if you're into aging well, thinking and talking about the skin, if you're fascinated about what it means to be someone who truly does embrace all facets of being, our past, our present, and our future, and honoring that through the power of what it means to look and feel good, you're going to love this week's podcast. Shelly Pearson is the proud owner of Aesthetic Skincare, and with over 20 years' experience in the skin and beauty industries, she is completely passionate therapist, healer, and leader. She suffered problematic skin most of her life and made it her mission to ensure that Aesthetic Skincare provided its team and clients with the best education, products, and technology there is, vowing not to get caught up in the hype and fake promises that surround the industry. After years of working with clients through her own skin issues, she noticed that more than just skincare and supplements were required to correct the skin. So her studies on the science of skin, its cells and their functions soon turned to Reiki energy healing and now Ayurvedic medicine. When it comes to not only obtaining skin results, but also overall health and wellness, you can eat well, exercise, meditate, go to bed early and use amazing skincare products. But if you don't take care of what's happening in your mind, the same issues will continue to appear. Therefore, it's Shelley's belief in treating the skin from the inside out that remains who she is now and has an even deeper belief that in order to correct skin or free your body from any dis-ease, you will need to consider the entire person, mind, body, and soul. The last 10 years has seen Shelley step back from hands-on in the clinic and focus more on her studies and leadership. Through her own self-discovery journey, she has become passionate about helping her team to step into their own power, to grow in self-belief and confidence, and to find their individual passion and purpose. She loves nothing more than to see them all thrive, both personally and professionally. Originally from Swan Hill, Shelley now lives in Shepparton with her gorgeous husband, Greg, and children, Maya, Murphy, and Mac. As well as enjoying being a mum to her children, she enjoys a cup of coffee, a glass or three of champagne, reading, and traveling. Ultimately, she believes that aging is a privilege and the life really is a precious gift to live, not just to exist. You're going to fall in love with her as much as I do, and you're going to love what this woman is all about. Please take your time. You might even want to take some notes as you hear this or listen to it again, but you can follow Shelly on all the links that I'll have in the show notes, and I look forward to hearing what you've got to say about this remarkable woman. Take care, be kind, and enjoy today's show. Well, it brings me great pleasure and absolute delight to bring to the podcast this week a very special woman, someone who I've looked up to for a while, someone who I've had the pleasure, as you know, of presenting at some of her events, and also someone who I really love what she advocates for. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, gorgeous Shelley Pearson. Thank you, Kim. It's uh, it's really nice to be sitting here and having this chat with you uh, this morning. Um, I've actually been very honoured. So thank you very much for having me. No, well, I think you're a very special soul and someone that definitely suits this podcast. You have an incredible passion and love and talent for all of the things that you do. But perhaps before we get right into all your business accolades and family and all of those sorts of things, maybe you could give us a little brief background as to who you are, where you're from, and what led you into doing what you do today. Yeah. 
Well, I'm from um, a town called Swan Hill. It's four hours north of Melbourne, so rural Victoria, a small town of about 10,000 people. So I think I've grown up in a really nice sort of community community feel and I think that's something that I've wanted to continue with in my adult life. I um, I grew up in a household that was quite unsettled, I suppose. It was a little bit, it was hard. It was hard work. My parents had quite a an estranged marriage. So there was, you know, there was lots of arguing at times, lots of yelling. And, yeah, I think unsettling is the right word that I would use. Um, and I took on the role, I think, of being a mum quite early. I'm the eldest of five children. And um, I think that really, I think, led me further down the track to where I am now to really wanting to I know I've always wanted to help people I suppose make people feel very comfortable secure safe um but very early on I liked school I loved school um I wasn't too bad at school I had a great network of friends there you know I now some of my friends are from school still so I feel like they really they got me through some of those harder times I think at school I even met my husband actually at the age of 15 we're now married um and on reflection I probably now think that his family they really showed me or gave me some of that stability um through those teenage years um and I'm very grateful for that now but I was always interested in skin I um, I had a lot of issues with my own skin and so I'd always wanted to, you know, I was quite self-conscious as you are as a teenager and so I've always wanted to to know more. I've always been curious as to why, why, why that's me and not the next person or why sometimes have I got really bad acne and then other times, you know, I didn't. So I've always interested in that but I remember actually um, the careers teacher, and there wasn't much of a careers back then at our high school, but he told me that no beauty therapy, that course was for was for dumb girls. I shouldn't be doing it. And it's funny what sticks in your mind, but that was something and something I still remember today. So of course I didn't go ahead. I didn't go ahead and do it. I chose nursing instead. And um, when it came to the crunch though, I didn't go. I deferred for the year and I, I moved to Melbourne. I was curious to leave Swan Hill, a small country town, and go and experience city life. Um, and, of course, having that sort of instability at home, I, you know, I was even probably more keen, more keen to go and go out there on a bit of adventure. So I did move to Melbourne and I was only 17 at the time when I finished high school, so I had no job and I had no car. <laughs> but I did have some friends already down there. Um, and even though my parents' marriage was estranged, they were always very supportive of what what I wanted to do. So they they were supportive of me going down there. I landed a job pretty much straight away. Back then you had to go through the papers and apply for your jobs. <laughs> Got a job straight away in insurance broking office. Um, and those they became like another little family for me, like my family away from the country, you know, my almost like my city family. And I stayed working there for a number of years. I ended up studying at the same time. So insurance was actually something that I did first up. One of the most boring jobs I think anyone would ever do, but um, it definitely gave me a means for that time. After a few years of being in Melbourne, I decided that I wanted to, I was curious again, I wanted to venture again. And so I decided I'd head overseas. I headed overseas for about three, four years. Some friends were over there, met lots of people. My now husband, Greg, he was with me as well, which was lovely. And we we worked and travelled. Um, I worked in insurance over there, but I think that's where I really started to find myself, I suppose, overseas. Um, you know, I'd moved away from, from family and, you know, a lot of friends. Um, and so you're left on your own, which... I actually really enjoyed. I actually felt quite free, I think, for the first time in my life, um, quite free from, I suppose, that feeling of needing to look after my siblings, or free from, you know, some of the restraints or the heaviness that I'd felt from my childhood. And 
yeah, that's where I really started to find myself. And I think that's where I knew when I came back to Australia, I'd definitely go, be going back and doing my beauty therapy course. As I listen to you tell your story, and I always feel like there's never any accidents, you know, the drive, the oldest, there's something about being the oldest child as well, mm-hmm. uh, the responsibilities that would have been on your shoulders. And I do notice a lot of older children, and that's just a generalization, but the oldest siblings tend to be the ones that carry a lot, but they also move away quite young and find this confidence to actually do it for themselves. I want to go back to what you said, though, around the skin issues, because Mm. this is massive, particularly for teenagers. Mm. I know myself, I got through the teens, no problems, no skin issues whatsoever, had my first facial at 20, and this woman, whatever she did, um, I reacted. And for Mm. nearly a year, I had a terrible, hideous skin. My face was just covered in red and pimples. And so... But funnily enough, Shelley, that's what got me into ultramarathon running, a part of it, because I knew out there running, no one could see me. So isn't that interesting that things that seem like a problem can actually put us into a place of real curiosity and searching and yearning in ways we may never have imagined. I'd like to ask you then your curiosity around your skin and why Mm. did you have acne at certain times? I know a lot of people listening to this will either have it themselves or have daughters or sons that have had these issues. Could you tell us then what is your belief now as a qualified Mm. beauty therapist, as a clinician, what is this whole skin issue thing about and why from your point of view do some of us get it and some of us don't? I think a lot of it's always a lot of it has been blamed, hasn't it, on hormones and genetics over the years. Like that's what we hear a lot of. Oh, your mum had it, your dad had it, so yes, you're going to have it, or that's why you've got it. And whilst I think that is part of it, it's such a small part of it. Hormones and genetics are really a small, small part of it. I now know after a long, long time that the nervous system is so closely related. It's unbelievable. Our gut function is even more closely related. You know, we have 12 systems in our body. And when one is out, it has a domino effect on the rest. And so you really can't look at skin as just what we see here, although that's obviously what we, as you said, we care about the most. Skin really is more than that. You know, I really believe in treating the skin from the inside out and looking at more than just that integumentary skin system. The nervous system, I think, is definitely and most definitely I know now a trigger for me. I spent a lot of my childhood living in that fight or that flight response. And as you know, you know, in in those stages, your cortisol levels, they're so high. They're ridiculously high and all you're really doing is surviving. Your skin's also the last organ to receive anything that you give it. So anything that you give your body, sorry. So, you know, if you have a glass of water, the water's going to go to heaps of other systems and organs before your skin. So it's the last one to receive it. So we really do need to look at more than just the skin. It really is the person as a whole. And I've even now come further, I would say, especially probably since having my children, that, you know, we really look at the person as in, in, in their entirety. So we look at the person, we look at their body, their physical um, and their mind and, their, of course, their soul as well. When you say soul mm. and when you say body and when you say mind, the holistic integrative processing of all of the systems, could you explain a little bit more then? How does mind and soul affect our skin from your perspective? Yeah, sure. So for me, I know when I'm operating from a soul place or a soul purpose, I know that I'm balanced, I think is the right word, or I'm peaceful and calm, which might make a little bit more sense to others. So therefore, my nervous system is also operating at its best for me at that time. I know when I'm operating from an ego point, from an ego stance or from an ego place, I'm perhaps not necessarily operating at my best. You know, my mind is often thinking differently than when I'm operating from my soul. And I think to know when you're operating from that place, you have those really lovely feelings, you know, like if you're doing something that you know that you're supposed to be doing or you're 
helping somebody in the way that you know that you are, you feel great. You feel amazing. You know, the other person does as well or the other people around you do. And I think that's the way that you can tell. I love that statement, look good, feel good. But I'm feeling like with you, it's feel good, look good. Mm -hmm. So how would you say to someone who, let's talk to the teenager, for instance, who, as you mentioned, is already going through lots of changes, uh, Mm. confidence, there may be confidence issues, there could be how do they fit into their tribe, Uh, there could be home troubles which they can't control, there could be stress with work or money, or there is so much our beautiful teenagers have to deal with, let alone have a skin issue. So when it comes to the teenager who's got an issue, or you might even say to me, it's the same no matter what your age, what are some of the steps we can do? Acne seems to be one of the biggest skin Mm. issues that I've seen, but I'd be really interested to know, where do we start? How do we really help someone with a skin condition like acne? What can we do? Yeah, I know. And it is so complex because everyone is unique right? Everyone is individual. And I think something that our industry has done over the years is sort of made a blanket approach, I suppose, to skincare, to acne. You know, you can, excuse me, you can Google acne and it will come up with you have to use this cleanser and this moisturiser. And so everybody goes and uses that. But realistically, that doesn't work for everybody. So I really do believe in seeing a therapist or a practitioner that does look at the skin as a whole, not just buying something off the internet. I think that's where we need that's where we need to start. Now I know not everyone has access to that and they don't have the means to that. So if that's the case, then my advice is less is more. <laughs> we try and actually put everything on the skin when we have acne as a teenager. I know I have, I've been there. I did it in my early 20s as well. So it was well after teenage years that I was still doing that because you so desperately want to make a change to that. But realistically, less is more. Skin is skin, you know, skin's never changed. Skin's been like it was 2,000, 5,000 years ago, operated in the same way, functioned in the same way as what it does now. We don't need to be applying more and more things to the skin just because they're there. We, skin can function on its own. So I think less is more, some really, really simple steps if you don't have access to being able to get to a practitioner. Um, things like water, sleep and sun. <laughs> Same as a plant. <laughs> do, you, do you think then, I mean, I know for my daughter had acne really bad for three years. We did everything. We did cleanses. We did, as in diet cleanses, no sugar. We got her off dairy. We got her off gluten. Um, mm-hmm. She went through absolute hell. And I know the feeling. You wake up. And the first thing you think about when I look in the mirror, I hope it's calmed down. And then you look in the mirror and something else has erupted and it can just set your tone for the whole day. And so your mind and soul is now really self-deprecating. It doesn't like what it sees. It gets upset. I'm sure that causes a stress response. Then our mood changes, let alone bring in all our hormones through these phases. It doesn't matter what age. Mm-hmm. But so it's it seems to me easy to say, you know, look at the whole thing, look at your gut, look at your things. But there's a lot of people out there doing everything they can yeah. or they're trying the whole holistic thing. What is the magic pill? What's the magic formula? How does it stop? Because for me, the doctors recommended Roaccutane. And then when Taylor got to the point where it was so challenging, we actually went then, we'd done all the holistic. First of all, we were told Roaccutane. Then for three years, we did everything we could to avoid Roaccutane. Then we went to a beautiful skin specialist who said, look, sometimes it's like taking a form of anti-inflammatories or a form of antidepressants. or it's just a bridge to get you through the gap so that your body can reset. However, we know that with Roaccutane, there's side effects like um, depression, which is interesting in itself because for most people, if their skin improves, their mood would change, but it can do that apparently. There's gut issues. There's all sorts of things. 
Kayla, and she was 1920 by the time she made this decision, she decided she would go down that route. So I did everything we could. I didn't want to stop her when, you know, this girl tried for three years, Shelley, to, to do yeah. all the right things. Um, so we did go down the Roaccutane. She went the smallest amount, if that's the thing, I can't remember exactly how the dermatologist dermatologist explained it. Um, she was on it, I think, for a year. It really did change her skin Absolutely. almost overnight. It was amazing. But it also made her skin very sensitive to sunlight. It got drier. Dry. So she had to be really mindful of what we were doing um, without knocking Roaccutane or people that have to go down yeah. that that process, what would be your advice around some of these drugs and things that are out there for people who really have given it their all? I think you have to reach your own individual decision. Again, everyone is so individual. And we still have clients and patients coming through our clinic that are on Roaccutane or other forms of medication. No judgment. (laughs) No judgment because I can't, I can sit here and or stand there or be with that client in the clinic but I don't live their daily life I don't feel what they feel I don't you know everyone yeah like I said is so different I did persevere and didn't go down that road but I also went I did was on the contraceptive pill myself for 15 years so I did get put on the contraceptive pill and when I decided to come off it my skin was worse than ever so I knew when I came off it that I definitely was never going back on it Um, it does suppress your hormones and there is certainly some side effects. And look, to be honest, looking back, it probably served a certain degree of purpose for me. I was able to travel well and do all the things I did, have my partner, not fall pregnant, um, all of the above. Would I want my daughter on the pill now? Maybe not, but you can't sit there and judge until you're, until you're at that point in time. Unless you're in the arena and you're playing that game, there should be no judgment. So we still treat people on Roaccutane. I think for me my biggest thing is we now advise people to go what we call caveman. We actually tell them to do zero, absolutely nothing. (laughs) No cleansers, no moisturisers, don't worry about changing anything, (laughs) just be. I think we've lived now live in a society or in in a world where we are so busy doing all the time, aren't we? We have so much at our fingertips. And this isn't just skincare. Skincare is just one thing, but we get so busy doing, so many, so busy ticking off, yes, yes, we've done this, yes, yes, we've tried this, that we we really have forgotten to just be. We've forgotten how to just just sit and be. And I think a lot of the people that do experience acne are those people. I'm one of them. <laughs> we are very, we're doers. We're very, we're very determined. You know, we're, we're so, we're actually, we can do anything really. But our biggest challenge I think will always be to just be. I agree with you. And there's something about just connecting back into self. I love the fact that you're telling people to not do anything, do zero, do nothing. <laughs> Because it's almost like um, getting yourself off everything to then find out what the the triggers are or to see what's actually... Where I was going, but I got a bit sidetracked, yes. Oh, no, no, (laughs) it's perfect. But I I get why you're saying that. So then we can look at what are the culprits or what combination of things are creating this. And, of course, I'm sure the listener will know that we're talking not just about acne. This is all skin conditions, dermatitis, eczema, psoriasis. Um, There's so many different issues. Rosacea is another huge one yeah yes and probably similar in the sense I had rosacea and it's fascinating fascinating thing I couldn't believe why (laughs) finally got through my early 20s with the skin condition had years of great skin and then obviously hitting menopause and things like that this Mm -hmm. this thing started happening on my face I went to all different people again there was lots of medications offered and different creams and I chose not to go down that route and find out what it was and rosacea I found out and please tell me if you think I'm wrong (laughs) someone said to me that it's almost like there's a little bacteria in the skin that's getting stimulated by your um, hormones and by your mood and by all your things that you're doing different things that perhaps stimulate this bacteria that's that's right 
And so in the, but do you know what I felt, Shelly? I just wanted, I wanted to scrape my skin. I wanted, I felt like I just wanted my skin scraped and call it serendipity, but I happened to be getting a mole check in the skin clinic and someone said, oh, you should see so-and-so. So I booked in with her and she literally did this thing, I think called epiblading, where she, it felt so good. I freaking loved it. But believe it or not, now, whether that was just psychological or psychosomatic, yeah. that started the healing process for me. Mm-hmm. And thankfully to this day, I have managed it since. I'm not saying that I had that one treatment and it was fine. It was no. a process over the next few months, looking at my foods, understanding my mood. She talked a lot about my state of stress and things like that. Rosacea, is that a similar thing that you'd say less is more or do zero? Like what's your thoughts Absolutely. around that condition? Absolutely. Less is more with any skin condition. You know, skin's a side of response. Skin's something doesn't just appear on your skin, as you said, just overnight. It doesn't disappear just overnight. It's definitely a side of response. And it's it's the way, I suppose, of your body trying to talk to you, isn't it? And we really need to stop and listen. But again, we get so busy doing that we don't. We've got so much at our fingertips now. I think we're all reaching for that quick fix. And that's certainly not what I'm about. And I know that it doesn't work. I've been there. I've been down that road. I know that there is no such thing as a quick fix. I know skincare, not even internal supplements, they're not going to actually correct skin. It takes so much more than that, as I said. You know, there's no such thing as popping, whether it's a natural supplement or a medication. There's no such thing as popping a pill and, you, and you're feeling better and looking better or skin, skin condition correcting. There really isn't. It is a journey. It is a journey. And it's really up to the individual, I suppose, as you said before, how long they want to go on that journey. But it is interesting that you said, you know, you had a treatment and it was almost overnight you felt like that healing started. I have absolutely no doubt that it was that mindset or perhaps the self-talk, which I know that you speak a lot about, um, that actually started that. You know, there's no one that we talk to more than ourselves. You know, if you think about the amount of conversations you have with yourself in a day, it's amazing. And so I think it's really important there that, um, you know, we're really mindful of what we're saying to ourselves on a daily basis. And there's no doubt that that has a huge impact on any healing not just a skin condition, but any dis-ease in the body. That's so powerful. And I loved what you said about it being a journey because for many of us, you're dead right about today's society. Our busyness means we want the quick fix. Mm. But back to what you said at the beginning, the skin is actually perhaps a, a barometer. It's talking to us. There's There's a reason why there's this imbalance or there's an issue going on. And I love the fact that through the power of healing our skin or a disease or some sort of issue that we've had, even a broken bone, there's time, in my humble opinion, that we have self-reflection, get curious about, I wonder why this happened. What is it I'm doing or what is it I'm not doing? Where could I be better? How can I become someone better than this by learning from people who have healed? And I think that's what I particularly love about you and your beautiful business is you are about not only the whole person, but the holistic journey. I want to take a little U-turn just before we get into your beautiful business. Um, I know you've mentioned the pill. That seems to be something that people put people on the minute there's a skin condition. I heard Dr. Libby Weaver speak and she was talking about that. Again, not judging the fact that you get put onto this pill because everyone in many ways has the right humble intention behind that to help the individual. And that's what they're taught to tell us what to do. And we're taught to accept that's what we should do. But one thing that I came up for me with her when she said that is through the ages of just getting your period right through, and this is particularly for girls, Mm. but there is cycles for boys, I would imagine. Um, But through those five years of of getting into that, maybe from 12, 13 through to your just before you hit 20, Mm -hmm. there are so many changes that are occurring Mm. and so many things that need the process of our hormones to evolve, particularly around estrogen. When she talked about that and said, if we get thrown on the pill, at a young age, and I was one of them as well to, mm. to help with a number of things, 
um, and particularly not around falling pregnant, but it was around <laughs> other issues. Um, what she said was those five years of the body establishing its estrogen balance and looking at how progesterone comes and the peak and understanding our cycles and all of that gets halted. So the moment you suppresses, right? So the moment you come off the pill, whatever age that is, Mm -hmm. almost she said, you've got the five years now to do that should have been done when you were a young woman or young man. I know that men don't get put on the pill as such, but it's that process. Do you believe and understand that? Because you just said a very important thing when you came off the pill, your skin got worse. Is that following the same philosophy? Absolutely. And I think I can actually sit here and say most definitely because I've been through it. And I've now, you know, been in the skin industry, I suppose, for around 20 years and really honed in and focused, I suppose, more holistically in the last 10 to 15. And there is no doubt that that happens. Now, when I say there's no doubt, it doesn't mean that it happens to every single person either. <laughs> so I don't think it's just the pill that will will do that. Again, it comes back to all your bodily systems that are going to really have an impact on the degree of what you experience. So, you know, if you're on the pill and you've come off and you're living in fight or flight, and I'm using myself as an example, and perhaps, you know, you're in your mid-20s like I was, and so a big part of your life has been travelling and partying and all of those things, your gut function probably isn't at its best then, of course, the degree of that and what you're going to experience is going to be worse than some. But, yes, I do believe, I do believe that that is the case. And I still believe, though, that at the time with the resources that I had or perhaps that my mum or my parents had, we still made the decision that was best at that time. Um, And, you know, I don't, people often will say, do you regret it? Well, I don't think there's any such thing as regret for doing those things. You know, that's what's led me to be here now and to be able to share this. So, yeah. I think your story is profound and there'll be lots of mums listening with their teenage sons and daughters, lots of menopausal, perimenopausal women listening to this. I would say for me, and and again, this is something that I just choose as a high value, I I love uh, going to my beauty therapist or a skin specialist. I say skin specialist where I'm talking about beauty treatments. Mm. I love going and having laser or BBL, or I love knowing that I can have epiblading if I want it. I haven't had that for a while, but I really enjoyed it when I did. Mm. There's just all these beautiful things. I love the science in behind the skin mm. and understanding. It's like, yes, you can go for a relaxation facial. It's beautiful, but I do love the power uh, treatments. What are some of your favorite treatments outside of having, I'm not, again, I don't want to knock injecting or what people do, but can you give me some of the natural things that you think really help, particularly as we age? In your humble opinion, what are some of those best treatments? Yeah, our industry has grown and changed a lot since I've been in it. It's, um, It's one that's forever changing and I think that's something I love about the industry as well. I love, I love change. I love moving with the times. It's something, yeah, most definitely something I love. But I think it comes back to what I said before. We just have to remember that skin hasn't changed. Skin's still skin like it was years ago. And whilst all we have a lot of modalities coming out and a lot of big fancy machines that look amazing, we have to remember, is there really a need for it? Is it really going to make the changes to the skin that's really required at a cellular level to stop that ageing? So I know there's lots of advertisements and marketing for creams and treatments that are going to, you know, (laughs) anti-ageing. But when you think about what's required for that to happen, it's almost scientifically impossible. <laughs> and one of my favourite quotes, which I know that you've asked us about, is that ageing is a privilege. So, And it's one that is denied to so many people. And so I think, you know, I'm probably more about embracing ageing, but actually looking at the health of the skin, being able to keep the skin nice and healthy and functioning at its best for you at that point in time. 
So for me, when it comes to treatments at the moment, my favourite, and it has been for about 10 years now, is most definitely LED therapy. So it's a light therapy. It's non-invasive. There's no heat involved like you might find, say, with your lasers or your IPL. Because when there is heat in the skin, there's always a little bit of collateral damage, always a little bit of collateral damage. So, yes, it might trigger some sort of um, repair, heal, replenish result. Uh, You know, it will trigger that and it will make your skin do that and perhaps make new cells. But with heat, there'll always be a little bit of collateral damage. LED has no heat. Or if you're using an LED and it has heat, it's no good. (laughs) So there is no heat with LED. So as humans, we absorb light. We transform that light into energy. That's what LED does. Um, And the best thing with LED is that it isn't harmful. So the UV um, sits at a certain level. Um, and these light waves sit at a much different, more safer level within the skin. So it's not going to cause any harm to the skin. It's very healing, very repairing, very regenerative. Um, yeah, that's one of my favourite treatments. I bought, when Taylor was having her skin issues, I actually bought her an LED mask. It wasn't yeah. cheap. Um, and it wasn't um, certainly, you know, I could have got an even more expensive one. But I have to say to you, it's one of my favourite things to do. I didn't realise how powerful it was. I just looked at it as a nice relaxation Mm. thing. So just explaining the UV setting, because I've seen there's red, blue, white lights. Mm -hmm. Is there a difference between them? Some say the blue's healing. I can't remember what it was, but I've just stuck to the red. Is one better than the other? No, they all do do slightly different things. So the light penetrates to different levels within the skin. Yeah. So the higher um, the level, so you, and when I say higher, you'll actually see them on your LED as a lower number. So you might be looking at a certain number. Um, they will actually be healing at the skin more on a topical level. level. Then the higher the number goes, or the, and it goes deeper into the skin, so you're actually healing the skin more at a cellular deeper level. So they actually do do different things within the skin. So one's not necessarily better than the other. Um, They do slightly different things and they work in synergy together. So if you happen to have acne and you were laying under a red light, that's amazing. You're going to actually be healing the skin at a deeper level. If it's more of a violet type of light, then it's going to actually be helping to perhaps correct that P. acne bacteria in the the higher levels of the skin. Um, So no, there's no... You know, I know you could get very technical, couldn't you, and you could go really extreme, but LED is is fantastic. You do have to be mindful with those home masks that there is no heat again. You want to make sure you are spending what you're saying you're spending on yours. I know you said it's a lot of money, but I think you need to be mindful that they're the ones you would want to be looking at, making sure it's from a reputable um, company, I suppose, or distributor that's actually distributing them Um, because that power output would be very important you want that light and that power from that light to actually be at a very stable level you don't want that power to output to be sort of changing at any time otherwise you might actually get a different effect with it in the skin wow i mean do you as a company recommend a certain brand or is that not appropriate to ask here no, well, we don't actually sell or use any of the home ones in the clinic. I know that there's some clinics that are. I personally think the jury's still out a little bit on the home mask. So I often wonder just how long that stability of the light will last from a home mask, just purely due to the power output. But I know there's some amazing people in the industry that I really respect and admire that do sell, do sell some, and I think they're the people that I would be turning to to purchase one. Um, but yeah, I actually use the one that we use in clinic is most definitely from someone that I fully and firmly trust. Um, there's been lots of tests, you know, lots of things done on it to know that it's right. And I think the biggest thing that I would be looking for if I was a client or a customer going to a clinic is that there's no heat that you're feeling from the machine. So if you're laying under a machine, whether it's home or in a clinic and there's heat, I would be questioning just the effectiveness of that. Just is the light going to where it needs or is it feeling short? Is it falling short, sorry? And if it's falling short, then you're going to be hitting closer to that UV wavelength, which we know is more of a concern, isn't it, for damage? Yes. 
And so a lot of places now offer um, stand-up lamps or you can lie under red light and have red light therapy as such. Oh. Is it the same thing that you're talking then about for the face as it is for the body? I mean, that must be amazing to put your whole skin. Oh. I stood there and had my front and back done. I, yes. You know what I was thinking the other day, yes. Shelley? I actually thought, you, you remember the old sunbeds? Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, like I'll I'll put my hand up. I used to lie on a sunbed when I was that. I looked at it as a relaxation form, not even about the sun, but I just loved lying (laughs) on these warm beds. I've thought, why haven't they come out with a red sunbed, like an LED sunbed? It's not the sunbed. Oh, they have. They have. And I don't know that they're quite in Australia, but I think, again, it would be making sure they get the stability of that light, that it stays nice and even, it's penetrating to the right level. But, yes, I think they're coming. And red light, it's it's become quite a thing, hasn't it? Like there's a lot of health and wellness practitioners now. Um, you know, I've seen them on social media. <laughs> they're sitting in front of their, instead of sitting in front of their red light. And, yeah, I do think it's, I do believe that, yes, it can be beneficial. Again, I think it's being mindful of where it's come from, who's distributing it, um, and that it aligns with you. You know, I don't purchase or use anything in the clinic that I don't feel like that company or that distributor aligns with me. So for me, it's just as much about that as it is the actual product. I love that about you and the the links you go to to ensure your ethics and values are met. And I just want to acknowledge you for that because, you know, as Simon Sinek says, we can do the what, we can do the how, but when we come yeah. back to the why and why it's important to us, that's yeah. what really speaks to our hearts, yeah. our minds and our souls. So thank you for the efforts you go to. Maybe in the show notes, um, if I speak to Shelley after this interview, we might just get a couple of ideas around certain things that she may recommend but let's change tact here I've got a very big question that I've been dying to ask you my grandma lived till she was 95 years of age she had English skin um, very it's almost pale but it was always beautiful and even though she had wrinkles to me she looked amazing and I, I used to ask her when I was younger grandma what do you use on your skin I'm gonna be completely honest what she said soap mm-hmm. to cleanse it mm-hmm. and oil of Yulang or oil of Yule, I think it was mm-hmm. called as her moisturizer for mm-hmm. years. That was her skincare routine. She didn't do eye creams, neck creams, healing creams, serums, um, penetrable creams. She did <laughs> none of it. It was soap and water and oil of Yule. Oh. Um, can you explain to me then again, was it genetics that she had such amazing skin or is there a combination? What's your thoughts there around the simplicity of skincare? That's what I love. That's, that's my type of person, isn't it? <laughs> and it's funny because I sit here in the industry and I know that I, I know that I'm one of a few probably that really believe, as I said before, that you know, it's obtaining skin results or getting a skin type of correction or having beautiful skin long-term until you're 95, it's it's not just about a product. Um, you know, I've tried myself many, many products and I know it's not product. I've taken supplements. I've been to naturopaths. I've, you know, I've done all of that sort of um, supplement type work as, as well. You know, I was on the contraceptive pill. I've been down the Western way as well. And I know that it's not that. I know that less is more when it comes to skin. And how amazing that she got that (laughs) long-term result. Most definitely some genetics are in there. How blessed is she to have some of that? Um, But, yeah, look at that. That's the power of the mind, isn't it, really? It's the power of the mind. She, I believe she must have been a very content woman without even knowing her, (laughs) a very balanced and content and happy, I'd say, woman to get to where she is and wow isn't that profound in itself that for all of us to have happy healthy skin we ourselves perhaps could focus more on our happiness than our physicality even though the two are so intertwined I know when I look good I feel good but when I feel good I look good 
So it's that beautiful. It's almost like you can't have one without the other. And if you do, it's an opportunity rather than to berate yourself. It's an opportunity to question, wonder where I'm neglecting myself or I wonder where I could be doing something better. And I I truly admire your beautiful clinic's philosophy around that. Um, Let's talk about your beautiful clinic Um, and let's talk about aesthetic skincare. We just had the privilege, Dr. Nat Kringardis and I had the privilege of speaking at a celebrator uh, event of yours. I've had the privilege to come down a couple of times to country Victoria in Shepparton. And I have to say, it's one of my most favorite places to visit because the community being small just seemed to be so connected and supportive. But we had a ball celebrating your 15th (laughs) birthday. Could you explain to us then what aesthetic skincare is about, your philosophy behind it, what you offer? Let's really give you a plug. So even if people aren't in Shepparton, if they travel to Shepparton, they could come to you. But also it might give people ideas of what to look for in other towns and places around the world, why your skincare clinic is so popular and so successful. Yeah. Well, I think aesthetic skincare, I purchased the business 15 years ago, so it was already an established business when I got it. Um, And I think that really did set a really good foundation for me. And to be honest, I didn't really have any sort of time frame on, you know, I'd still be here in 15 years. I actually can't quite believe that it's 15 years. Um, Time's a bit of a funny thing. I feel like it was such a lifetime ago that I started but that's also gone in the blink of an eye. So it's really quite weird how that the time things happened. But for me, when I purchased aesthetic skincare, I I knew then that I wanted to help people from my own self-journey. I knew that I wanted to help help people. And I knew that I really wanted to be able to learn more about the skin. You know, at beauty therapy school or in our course, you don't learn a lot about the science of the skin. Um, I knew I wanted to do more of that. So I definitely got into doing a lot more study and all of our team do a lot of study around the science of the skin. But as time went on, as I said, I knew that it wasn't just a product or a supplement that was going to make a correction. I knew I needed, I wanted more. I knew there was more to it. I knew that I'd only got myself personally to a certain point and I could see that we were only getting clients to a certain point as well within their skin. And so I think that sort of led me to more looking holistically. So we, I went and I've done um, my energy healing, my Reiki course. So I've introduced that into the clinic. That was a starting point. And now I've actually gone back to study, to school, and I'm actually studying Ayurvedic medicine. So I think when you come to aesthetic skincare, we do look at you as a whole. We aren't about the latest fads I suppose we could say or the latest fashions because that's what our industry can be we are more about what's real um, being open and honest about the skin and how it functions and we're not about selling you as you said like your grandma an eye cream and a serum and all of this on top if your skin doesn't require that we won't do that and a lot of the time that's not where clients start with us they start with just a very simple routine or as we said before if they're presenting with an extreme skin condition we often tell them to do absolutely nothing for a period of time so that their body their mind and as you know your soul now you know that I believe in it rests it rests and repairs and recovers before we can then try and strengthen that again So, yes, we definitely look at the skin differently, I suppose, to other clinics um, and really look at how it's functioning and and the reasons why. So knowing this latest time that we're in, the the time that we're actually in, there is a lot of emphasis on injectables, fillers, Mm. uh, Botox, uh, chemical peels, um, spending facelifts there is so much and I think it comes back to that word anti-aging which as we both know it's impossible and I reframed that many years ago when we wrote our second book not just me personally but we talked more about gracefully aging or aging gracefully mm-hmm. rather than anti-aging and we know that we can reverse aging signs but in your humble opinion then this whole new world of mm-hmm. I, I, I and, and again, I don't want this to sound judgmental, but 
24 year olds getting lip fillers or uh, you know 26 year olds getting botox or my, my only concern with this is what happens if you run out of money and you can't keep it up or what, what happens to the skin if you if you miss sessions like I, i'm really quite i'm just curious as to understanding how this whole thing works and particularly from someone with your mindset what is your opinion and again not judging anyone that does it i just want to understand the whole picture yeah, it is interesting. I, At the age of 43, I know that amongst a lot of my friends, my closest friends and my family, like, I'm one of the only ones that probably hasn't gone down that, that road yet. Um, and I say yet because I have no intention of, but will I? I'll probably not, no, but who knows? There can't be any judgment on anybody, as you said. And I, I think there is a time and place for it, but I think we've got so caught up, haven't we, in trying to reverse the signs of ageing. Again, I think I've always been curious. I think why? Why have we, why have we become like that? You know, I, I worry, I think, my biggest worry, because I do have a 12-year-old daughter who's nearly 13, my biggest worry is what we're normalising for our next generation. What are we normalising for them? Are we making it normal, so to speak, that you have to look a certain way to fit in? So for me, it becomes more about that than the skin itself. What happens to the skin when you can't afford and you don't do it? Well, we don't know yet. We don't know. We haven't, it hasn't been around that long to really know the full outcome of what might happen. Does uh, and only and how our body's processing, because it is synthetic. So how our body is processing that, we don't know all of that yet. But my biggest concern is what we're normalising for the next generation, what I'm normalising for my daughter. Does she have to be a certain way to fit in with her friends? Does she have to look a certain way? And I know before you said if we look good, we feel good, and you're right, I feel like it's the opposite. If you feel good, you look good. Um, I think that's, that's where we need to be. That's my, that's what I'm trying to put out there is more about feeling good and what you're all about, I think that starts with that self-love and that self-care, doesn't it? It really starts there. And I think if we can instead perhaps show and teach the next generation that type of thing, isn't that going to be more profound <laughs> than going Agreed. down the other way? Yeah. I absolutely agree. And I just think I remember interviewing a doctor for one of our books many years ago about cosmetic surgeries and and different um, treatments even back then that we could get. And Botox has been around a while. Um, she said, and she, and she was sad to say it, 90% of the treatments that she does, she, she didn't have anything against it, you know, because mm -hmm. for some people having a nose operation or having um, something removed or whatever it is, um, she didn't have a problem with what it is you wanted. Her problem was that she felt 90% of her clients were doing it for someone else not yeah. for them or for external validation, not internal validation. And I think that was a key for me, again, for us until we've journeyed in someone else's footsteps. We don't know why they choose to. But if you choose to do it for you and you alone, that in itself will change your physiology and the way in which Absolutely. you process what it is that you do. So I think we're both on very much the same page here. Yeah. It's never about making anything that anyone chooses to do wrong. I, I, I will say this, though. One of my favourite shows to watch is Botched or whatever it is, one of those <laughs> things. And I just sit there and go, imagine spending all that money to do that and to have someone botch it up like that would be my fear too it would be awful oh, but I think you're right I think what you just said then about being right or wrong there really is no right or wrong is there mm. it's really just perception it's our perception and yeah. I think yeah if we can actually put that towards everything that you think about you know no one does something right or wrong it's only mm. your perception of what you believe is right or wrong. Which brings us back to the beautiful point you made. If we can work on our being our true, most best selves, mm. loving who we are, falling in love with the fact that life isn't always high and great and full of beds and roses and unicorns and all sorts of things. <laughs> I think having just like the skin has to have tenacity and resilience and flexibility. So do we metaphorically. And I love the analogy of if you've got healthy skin, often it means there's, there's really 
really good some some really good healthy perspectives on life and same same if there's an issue or problem rather than berating our skin and hating on ourselves wonder what our skin's trying to tell us from an internal perspective maybe and that would be a beautiful gift as you say yeah. to teach future generations mm-hmm. and with that in mind then what is your definition of self-love yeah it's interesting because I know obviously your podcast is all on self-love so I did have a think about this and for me I, I really look at the word a bit like success in terms of it's different for everybody isn't it self-love it really is it has a different meaning for everybody and I think it really can change as well as as we change and we grow and we develop and we move along our own journeys but for me right now, self-love, I think, is acceptance. I think that's that's the word that I've come up with. It's acceptance of perhaps who I've been or where I've come from and acceptance of who I am now. And I think once we start to do that and start to accept that, that is what self-love means to me and that's what self-love is. I think it starts with a self-awareness as well. I think that's one thing we can start to be quite self-aware of how we're feeling um, or quite self-aware of how we're behaving. Um, and then the next step would be your self-management. So learning how to maybe slightly change some of those behaviours or perhaps change a little bit of that self-talk that we actually do so much of. So for me, it's definitely definitely about acceptance. I think accepting all the not so good bits all the bits from the past you know maybe not the great relationships that you've had or the really crappy job or (laughs) accepting all of that and really realizing that that's that's what's led you to where you are today and how amazing is that (laughs) such a beautiful perspective I think sometimes when we're going through the the tough times in life it's very hard to imagine us coming out the other side but I'm sure all of us could agree when you look back on the times in your life that have been so mm-hmm. challenging you're almost grateful for them once you've healed and moved through them because you wouldn't be who you are today without them so you know challenges are part of success challenges are part of growth challenges are mm-hmm. part of um, believing in ourselves and we get given these opportunities We'll call them opportunities for growth um, rather than mistakes or problems. Mm-hmm. They are opportunities for growth. If you have a perspective on belief that you have the tenacity, resilience, ability, and flexibility to always get through it. And we all have the resources within us. And I think sometimes it's reaching out to women like you, your beautiful therapists, friends, people that have a more, um, I would say, a more universal perspective on life that there is mm. no right or wrong, just different So I think your place would be such a healing place on many levels, not just the skin. It's a bit like me with the oils. They're the tool, but underneath the tool is a very strong philosophy. And I'd love for people to follow you on Instagram, follow your stories, follow you guys, because even if you don't get to Shepparton in Victoria, country Victoria, I promise you the things you'll get from this beautiful clinic and their beautiful posts is about our own personal journeys and growth. So I know we've got to come to a close. I've taken up a lot of your time, but what would be a good um, routine that you'd recommend for people on a daily basis when it comes to their skin? And as you're telling us that, there is one little question I want to insert into there. Is a foaming cleanser better than a creamy (laughs) cleanser? (laughs) Or is a creamy cleanser better? Or is there a time for both? But give us your perspective on what someone could do on a daily basis. Yeah, and then for me on a daily basis when we're talking about skin, um, and I think I've just really discovered this through uh, my recent Ayurvedic studies. I'm very early in the studies, but I'm really enjoying um, their philosophy, I suppose, which really does align with me, as I said before, um, that, you know, trying to keep yourself in balance and what's in balance for you is different for the next person. So, I like to start the mornings now and I like to get up and have a lemon water actually first before any food. It's nice and cleansing, not just for um, your gut, but also for all of your digestive, initial digestive tract. Um, Some deep breathing, perhaps a couple of quick, really quick jotting down grateful things, things you're looking forward to that day. So starting the day, I suppose, with, 
what we said before, but some positive self-talk. Because for me, that's where skincare starts. That's where that really holistic skin starts. Um, moving at the point where I'm getting my children to tell me quickly three things that they can't wait to do that day on the way to school. You know, you can do, it doesn't have to be this really hard, take so much time ritual um, that I know people say, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> um, so I start the days with those couple of things. And then, yes, I do cleanse my face. I don't always cleanse my face in the morning. No, I don't. I often wipe over my skin with a lotion or a tonic. Um, that is quite corrective anyway, and it's designed designed for me. They can be milky, those tonics, <laughs> um, but they can be a little bit more astringent-based depending on your skin type. Um, and I will, of course, always moisturise and use sunscreen in the mornings. Um, and moisturising... Um, Again, your practitioner will be able to help you on which one's for you. And same with your cleanser, but a milk cleanser, if you're drier, in general, very basic terms, the drier the skin, the more milkier the cleanser, the oilier the skin, the more foamy the cleanser. So, no, you wouldn't be using a foamy cleanser <laughs> right now, Kim. Um, at nighttime, you would cleanse as well and use a moisture. It can be as simple as that. I do believe cleansing at night is the most important compared to during the day. We've been out, we've been working perhaps you've worked in more of a um excuse me a more polluted um place than another but I think cleansing away the day is also a really nice a nice ritual um often at night time Kim I started really getting into using your oils too with dry bit of dry body brushing and some oils it's a nice ritual I think creating that ritual for me is a part of my self-care which obviously leads to me being able to sustain that self-love but cleansing and moisturizing you can keep your skin routine as simple as that if you like I obviously have access to a lot more <laughs> so I do do a few more little bits and pieces I will add in serums um, I will add in a mask every now and then um, but yeah cleansing and moisturizing and using ones that have been customized for you um, or prescribed for you is what we call it in our clinic that's the most important thing. Such beautiful tips, incredible. And I want to thank you again. I think this is liberating and I think it's mm. a beautiful conversation for people to realize skin is much more than just what we see on the surface. And you really have brought to our attention just that real importance of the journey of oneself and mind, body, and soul. And I appreciate so much you explaining so many of these things for mm -hmm. us. Aesthetic Skincare is a beautiful clinic. It's an amazing team of incredible women who all have the same philosophy and beliefs as our amazing Shelley. Um, we're coming to the close and I just want you to explain firstly how we can follow you, maybe give us yes. tell us the names and spell it for us and then finish with your final message and a quote that's really um, important to you right now. Lovely. So Aesthetic Skincare, you can find us, yes, on Instagram or Facebook. So Aesthetic is A-S-T-H-E-T-I-Q-U-E. It is a hard one, aesthetic skincare. Um, we're quite active on there. You, we also have an online store. So there are some little at-home facial kits that people can purchase, which is lovely to try. Um, it's a nice way to try something. They come with instructions and videos online. You know, COVID sort of taught us <laughs> we can do a lot of that, can't we? We can do a lot from home. And, yeah, 80% of your result actually comes from home. 20% from seeing us in the clinic. So what you do at home every day is very important. Um, but that's where you can find us on Instagram or on Facebook. We have all, and then our website page you'll find from there too and our online store from there. Um, but as I said earlier, one of my favourite quotes, and I think it has been for quite some time now, is that ageing is a privilege and one that's denied to many. Um, and the other one I think that's been around for me for ages is, is that life is for living. It's not just to exist. Um, you know, we only get one one chance, don't we, at living life. And, um, yeah, I think it's really about accepting where you've come from um, and looking forward to the, to the future that, that you have everyone everyone is able to look forward to something I know that people have more challenges than others 
Um, and I'm definitely not denying that people have some great challenges and, and continue to. But, yeah, life is definitely for living, not just to exist. You're a beautiful soul and I just love the fact that the event we just held recently in Shepparton, it sold out. In fact, we overbooked it. Um, but I think what it showed me, particularly for an area that's been so struck by floods, uh, bringing people back together, the power of humanity, the power of connection and the power of actually showing that we care for one another is something that I would say are very high qualities and values, not only of you, but of your business. And that's why it was so successful. And I have to say, Nat and I had a very fun time being great. there with you guys. Yeah. It was great. We, I feel very lucky that you love coming to our area, actually. <laughs> oh, it's such a privilege. And and I just want to check in with you for next year, 2023. Yes. What uh, have you got more of it now that we're coming out of the COVID bubble? I think that was the first time. The last time I travelled was down to Shepparton. The first time I got to travel again was coming back to you guys. So it was very, very special to me. Um, big things planned for 2023 for you and your business? Oh, absolutely. I'm really excited. One of my biggest passions, I think, has been able to be part of my team's individual journey. So I'm really excited for them individually and us as a collective. Um, but we would love to hear from anyone. If anyone has any any topics, I think we would love to run another event, hint Kim, um, and really maybe perhaps hone in on a particular area maybe rather than such a broad, you know, health and wellness, especially for women, so broad. So perhaps honing in on a particular area um, could be really good and we'd love to hear if anyone, um, yeah, anyone is has some great ideas on what topics they really would like, you know, like looked at and discussed. We'd love to hear from you. Oh, and is there an email to reach out to you or is it via the Instagram and Facebook that's no, best? No, you can definitely send me an email, Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-I-E, at Aesthetic Skincare, A-S-T-H-E-T-I-Q-U-E, Aesthetic Skincare. Um, I'd love to hear from .com.au. .com.au. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. I'll put it all in the show notes to make sure it's all spelt for everybody. But I can promise you, Shelly Pearson puts on a hell of an event. <laughs> we had such fun. There was beautiful food. There was bubbles. There was sparkling water. There was glitter. There was <laughs> chandeliers. There was... And a lot of laughter, which I think mm. it could make any room feel beautiful, is hearing a whole lot of women laughing and having a good time. So from my heart to yours, you beautiful soul, thank you so much for what you do and your vision for creating skin into being more than just existing and having skin. It's about living and having the best life you possibly can. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for being on the Self Love Podcast. Thanks, Kim. It's been an absolute privilege. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.